0: You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. (laughs) Nothing's going your way. You've had a bad day. It's good to keep it simple. Michelle and Seth say take a deep breath. From Fade to Gray, it's mental. Welcome to another episode of Mental. It is Seth, and I'm here with my co-host Michelle. How are you doing, Michelle?
1: I'm dandy. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm good. <laughs> we are here to talk about the last episode oh of our. I know it's our last episode to the Stages of Power series. We Can have figured out that? life.
1: We're almost I mean, there.
0: We're like perfect. <laughs> I mean, I went into this. I went into this series thinking you know, that this was going to fix me. And by golly, it has. It just took a month, five weeks. That's all it took. That was
1: it. That was easy. I'm so... <laughs> we need that easy uh-huh. button. You know, that was easy.
0: <laughs> if this is the first episode you're listening in this series, I'm very happy that you're checking it out. But we have been talking four other episodes leading up to this. Yeah, and you got go um, to go back to them.
1: Because we really, really knew what we were talking about on those. This one is going to be a little, a little dicey specifically
0: the last one we not only could identify but we had all the answers we knew yeah, all the right. solutions <laughs> and we figured out that like we're already at the last stage which is wisdom yeah. so please just sit back it's nirvana relax, around here and get excited
1: uh, we got good stuff but
0: yeah so just kind of noting He's totally full stages, of shit by the way so yeah just a little bit so the stages were powerlessness <sighs> Power by association, power by achievement, power by
1: reflection.
0: Thank you. (laughs) We climbed a wall (laughs) and now we're going to talk about wisdom. Oh, sorry. Purpose Purpose. and wisdom. Yeah. But before I do that, before we jump back into another stage, we have got to have a mental minute, specifically after that last episode. I don't know if you guys heard that episode, but. We got to talk.
1: I How cried. How are you doing,
0: Michelle? You well, I did. I cried
1: in that episode. You did? I tried to you know, keep it low key so nobody knew, but
0: my well, you, eyes were I leaking. Well, you can see me, so. <laughs> I can.
1: Lucky so, me. Yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> uh, well, I have finished up my move. Well, I shouldn't say I have finished it up because- the pods have not been delivered yet. So there's no furniture in my house.
0: So wait, when you say pod, okay, we we've, we've referenced pods several <laughs> times. Pods are like containers that yeah, you put Yeah, the giant storage containers
1: in. and then they they drop them off at your house and you fill them up and then they come and take them. Okay. But they don't they don't move them right away. I have to So like they come and we had two different ones. We loaded them. They have them somewhere in a storage facility. It's when I tell them that I'm ready for them to be delivered that they actually transport them. So me telling them is still another week before I get them. So I'm basically going to be living on the floor. (laughs)
0: Hey.
1: I have my computer. That's all that matters.
0: (laughs) You will appreciate that floor when you're – Actually, I think I I will.
1: My back has been really, really bad from hotel mattresses. So I really feel like – a floor is probably going to be my best friend. My Maybe. back is probably going to appreciate it. I thought it.
0: that hotels had good mattresses. Oh, Where are you staying?
1: When I was in Denver, honestly, the mattress we had there, if my husband laid down on the bed, I rolled into the center. It literally wow. was frustrating as hell. I had to sleep on the very edge of the bed. And I have a bad a bad hip mm-hmm. that I injured years ago, and it, it reminds me all the time. And I exacerbate that all the time by working out and doing all the stuff that I'm doing. And, uh, of course now I don't have my chiropractor. He's back in California, so I have to find a new chiropractor. So I can't even get adjusted. So my husband's been trying to help me out by, you know, rubbing out the knots and everything. But honestly, I, I can't sleep that way. And it, mm. it's very frustrating. So yeah, hotel mattresses suck. <laughs> I don't appreciate them. <laughs> I get somebody else's leftover used mattress. So.
0: It's true. It has been used probably many times before you. We don't want to talk about that.
1: I don't want to know what else has happened.
0: Do you ever have that thought though? Like like in a hotel. Yes. And you're like, I wonder what happened. What black light would
1: show in here? Like I had that whole conversation with my husband and my son and my daughter in law. We were at dinner in Denver the other night and We had that conversation because they, the hotel they were staying at, they were, they got to Denver before us. And so they stayed at a different hotel. And then the last night they were there, they came and stayed at the one that we are at. And they were like, yours is much nicer than where we were. And I was like, yeah, this one's, this one's been really nice. I mean, the mattress wasn't great, but the hotel itself was fantastic. And uh, so then we started talking about hotel rooms. And of course there was one I stayed in, in Utah, like I wouldn't touch anything, like the the, uh, the most positive thing that i could say was that at least it was better than the hotel room in the middle east that i stayed in <laughs> and that ain't saying much let me tell you because that looked like a murder scene happened in there so, <laughs> so it's been it's quite nicer. well it's been quite the little journey here across the country <laughs> what an experience
0: i think it's so cool though that you know, you didn't just like fly out to where you're moving no. to, but that you're actually road tripping it, I think, and going multiple places. I think yeah. that's pretty
1: cool. Yeah, we zigzagged across the country and we are all driving separately. Well, I should say all. My daughter-in-law is shipping her car and she rode with my son, but my husband and I are all are driving separately as well. So there's three cars and we're all at different stages in in the journey. When we first left California, my son and daughter-in-law left first. So they were in Denver a day and a half before we were. My husband left The next day, and he stayed in Utah, and then I left the third day and met him in Utah. But we drove separately because he pissed me off, and I didn't want to drive with him, even in separate cars.
0: (laughs) Oh, that might be something to talk about. Well, I know he's just
1: grumpy when he travels, and he was just really short-tempered. And I know I was starting a day, and I had got there at two in the morning. I was exhausted. I stayed in a gross hotel. I thought I was going to end up sleeping on the side of the road because I was almost out of gas and I still don't know how I made it into town. And so I woke up the next day. The sun was shining. I thought it's a brand new day. I get to start over. And then he had a really bad attitude. And finally, I just stopped him and we were standing at a gas station and I said, you know what? Just get in your car and go. Just get the hell away from me right now. (laughs) I'm just going to get in my car and I'm going to enjoy my day. And he goes, well, I don't know where we're going. I'm like, it's seven hours, man. We'll figure it out along the way. (laughs) I'll send you a link. (laughs) Just just drive away from me right now.
0: <laughs> Get out of here. So,
1: so we have kind of – so not only are we zigzagging – have we zigzagged across the country, but we've traveled separately and we've – they left together today or uh, when we left Denver, they left together. But I am leaving the day – I left the day after them. Hmm. So we are still offset. And uh-huh. I just personally find that much more agreeable to me. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know, know. I'm what horrible. That says I'm about horrible. your relationship
0: with your family.
1: I have a great relationship but- with my family, but honestly, we are all very hot tempered. We're very emotional. We get frustrated easily, and so I just don't want that dynamic. I want to enjoy this. So you're
0: not, probably not going to like me for saying this.
1: Okay, go but
0: ahead. I've never seen you have road rage ever. <laughs>
1: shut up. Shut up now you're referencing one of my rants that he gets
0: this woman this woman listen first of all if you work in any type of job working with people if you know michelle's name do not say are you michelle do under no if you are working at starbucks and she orders a drink and she comes to the meeting say are you a michelle do not say that Okay, Okay. Give, so, no okay there has
1: to be an explanation of this. I, I'm sorry. That sounds like I'm a horrible, horrible person oh, to people. Oh, come on. It's all and fun and games. No. He's I'm referencing, calling you horrible. He's referencing the fact that I used to go to Chick-fil-A and get a Coke. because well, that's Chick-fil-A, your damn problem
0: right there. Well, for sure. Right there's your problem.
1: Right there. But Chick-fil-A is one of the only places left in the country that I know of that actually mixes their own damn Coke and doesn't have one of those machines that all of the drinks come out of at the same time. I don't like those. I can taste resin. Do and I don't care for it. So I go to Chick fil A to get a Coke. They know me. They literally know my name. I'm not kidding. When I go through the drive-through, they're like, Hey, Michelle, how are you? Like, that's how often. Okay. And yet I'd be the only car in line. One person would take my order because, you know, we're in the middle of this pandemic. So you can't go inside the restaurant. It's, you know, the line's three miles long. I happen to go when there's no other car in line. Person takes my order, asks my name. I give it to them. They're like, The next person's going to take your money. I'm like, Okay. I drive 15 feet to the next person and she goes are you michelle well no screaming shit who else would have pulled in here honestly (laughs) you saw me pull up i don't understand that and so yes so that's my rant it drives me crazy when they do that it's not just any restaurant
0: (laughs) that was really wrong of me to do i just i thought it brings me joy because to know that i
1: get upset about things like
0: a little bit because it makes you more human.
1: Oh my god, I'm definitely human.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: I do try to treat people very nicely, but honestly, I rant about stupidity in private. I can't. <laughs> stupidity pisses me off. That's fair. I have a theory. Do you want to hear my theory? I'd love to. Or oh, it's not actually a theory. It's the way I think God should have set things up.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in.
1: Yeah, you you totally want to hear this. So, I really feel like that there should have been some kind of cosmic system that when you do something stupid, you get, a, you get a shock, like an electric shock. Like a dog collar? Like a cow prod. Yeah, like a dog collar. So like you do something stupid and you're like zap. Oh, oh shit. Okay. So my goal here is that twofold. First of all, hopefully you would learn your lesson. Okay. Hopefully one or two shocks and you'd be like, oh shit. Okay. I got it. You know, because I'm not naive enough to believe I would never get shocked. I totally would. I would just hope I'd be smart enough to learn from that shock. But I'm telling you, there'd be a lot of people walking around. They'd be getting shocked a lot. So my other hope then, or my other my other thing here is, at least then, I'd know who the hell to stay away from. That's true. Because they'd be the ones walking around vibrating all the time.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: See? God should have done it my way.
0: Yeah, he should have done a lot of things. And yeah, he didn't. <laughs> So
1: <laughs> anyway, these are my rants that he's talking about. I send him Marco Polo videos with my little rants.
0: And I just that one brought me a lot of joy. And it was really <laughs> harsh of me to bring that up. But we're talking <laughs> no, about not. we're I don't talking care. about traveling, <laughs> and I have just seen you very angry behind the wheel. And it makes me like I you know, I kinda wish that I was sitting in the car to kind of <laughs> watch everything go down.
1: It's actually very profane and loud, honestly. It really is. And I didn't even send you a polo today, but I had another road situation today. And I didn't even send you a polo, but I was pissed. Well, I'm a
0: little upset that you didn't.
1: <laughs> I controlled myself. But
0: now you'll probably never do I it yelled again. in the
1: car, but I controlled myself by sending you the rant. There
0: so. you go. Well, It's gross. Well, I still want to hear the rant. <laughs> so, okay. Uh,
1: all right. All right. So now we've, we've dissected my mental minute, <laughs> which is... Like, I don't even know how we got there, but sure. It was fun. let's do yours.
0: It was was a fun journey. (laughs) My mental minute.
1: Do your mental minute. Uh,
0: Can I talk superficial, like, about work and stuff, or should I be, like, real?
1: I don't care. Well, I'm going to call you on your shit if I see it on your face, Eh, Well,
0: that's fair. Well, last week, I kind of talked about relational drama in my own life and kind of my own fears around that. And this week, I think... This series has brought up a lot of things for me. And it painted a picture of where I'm at and where I need to go. And it's been a comical joke in many of my friend groups as well as in my other podcast, where, you know, I'm the mental health professional who refuses to see a mental health professional. I like refuse to seek therapy. I refuse to like quit smoking and, and things like that. And I think it's time that I'm I'm 31 years old uh that I start making some changes. Now I am not suggesting that I'm going to become Michelle uh <laughs> bodybuilder competitor tomorrow. Don't
1: become Michelle.
0: But um I do think that I need to make some changes. And I am not to the point that I'm ready to hook, clang, and sinker go back to therapy. But I do want to start looking at maybe some other options. Um, maybe group therapy. Maybe yeah. um, I reached out to an old pastor friend of mine and asked him if he ever does coaching. Okay. And he's an accepting pastor. He's the one that uh, is constantly trying to beat my head up against a brick wall like, Seth, get over this. you. God I loves you. I think
1: coaching's you. a good avenue.
0: So that might be something I look into. So I, I'm just talking about my own mental health. I think I'm in a, I'm in a transition period. I think I've been in a transition period for a long time, but I think I'm, I'm getting closer to. Something's got to give.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's good
0: though. Uh, yeah, it's and right now all it is is talk. So uh, <laughs> this doesn't mean anything. Um, this is just talk. But. I am leaning in that direction.
1: Yeah, but I think that is the first step, right? I mean, yeah, saying okay, yeah, I think this is something that needs to be dealt with. That's the first step in dealing with something, so it's a positive move.
0: We cannot change or heal what we do not acknowledge.
1: Exactly. Now you sound like what Alcoholics Anonymous or something. Uh,
0: yeah, I learned that in re. And uh, that was literally that's from rehab. That's <laughs> I was going to say.
1: It sounds like something straight out of that's group from when they like they
0: that, uh, that was eff- that was effort number two. At trying to ah, become straight. So this was, uh, yeah, that was one of their main. I
1: see. You I, See, you mentioned that last time, but you didn't go so far as to mention that you actually wrote a memoir about that.
0: Well, yeah. And because, I know that you did. Well, it's okay. First of all, it's not a memoir. Well, it's, okay. It's a journal. It's a legitimate journal that's boring yes. as tears and it's not public? I didn't think it was boring. Okay. It doesn't have an ending. And it.
1: Yes, it does. You just haven't written it yet.
0: Oh, <laughs> you're an author so yeah i (laughs) i did i did journal every day that i was in reparative therapy which by the way when i say reparative therapy all i mean is that i went to a christian drug and alcohol rehab facility that believed they could make me straight and they were in california and i wrote every day (laughs) everything that happened is documented
1: i'm actually glad you did that i think that's very beneficial yeah
0: it's over 300 pages long but anyhow some things i mentioned last week in regards to what's led into this, is that over the last few months, and there have been people, multiple people, who don't know each other, are from different you know, spheres of my life, who have said similar things about me. And that's really, I know that this should be an internally motivated thing, but when I start to hear it from multiple sources, what's the common denominator? It's me. So, yeah, I get that. So, it it's becoming more and more evident. So, I'm starting to really look at what changes I can make. I'm not suggesting that I'm going to get a gym membership tomorrow. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that I'm going to quit smoking tomorrow. And I'm not suggesting that I'm going to have a therapist tomorrow. What I am proposing and what I am putting forth is that I'm thinking about this more seriously and I'm actually looking at what I think I need and it's time. So that's where I'm at.
1: Okay. That's fair. I think that's a good place to be.
0: It's a scary place to be. but
1: Well, yeah, yeah, I'm sure.
0: But let's talk about, let's talk about these two stages that we know so much about. I mean, the first one's purpose. And when I think about purpose, you're like, the you, you define purpose. So tell us, educate us, teach that. us, how do we get, what does the stage of power in regards to purpose look like in our lives?
1: I right, see you're giving me a lot of credit there. I'm not sure I know. Again, you know, if you listen to the last episode, we did end it by saying, look, we the next time we were going to talk about purpose and wisdom, but (laughs) that neither one of us had much experience (laughs) with either one of those things. So really, we're going to be spitballing at this purpose. I don't know. I mean, we can give a motivational speech about purpose, you know, and that's one of the things you know why that word bugs me. I think, have you ever have you ever been approached by or been involved with like a multi-level marketing thing, like an MLM structure? Yes. Okay. So don't, you know, they all have that, right? You have to find your why. Yes. And I'm always like, what a load of shit. Like, because everybody says the same thing. Oh, my husband and my wife and my kids are my way. And I'm like, come on, let's be fucking honest. Okay. Yes. You care about your family and that's commendable. That's not your why. <laughs> yeah, there's something else that just sounds good. And so I think that's why this bothers me because it feels like that question. It feels like an MLM question. Like, what is purpose? I don't know i'm not sure well you tell me what do you think purpose well is? i'm
0: just gonna i mean i'm rather i mean i can speak read, my own read the vision, definition but i'll read the definition provided by the author of the book we're taking this series out of i mean it's not actually a definition but she says inner vision having a okay. calling that extends beyond yourself
1: right that's still nebulous
0: because i but see i feel like i have that
1: you do what is your calling that's beyond yourself to
0: some extent i mean my entire career
1: okay i can see that
0: i mean that that. i at first i thought i had a calling into the ministry till i realized i was i liked i liked male anatomy (laughs) and then it (laughs) and then i turned to social work because it was the closest thing i could get to it so in the end it's still following a calling quote unquote or what I thought was giving me purpose, I mean, I think that it is my profession that has whew, uh, I was about to say something a little serious.
1: <laughs> oh God forbid, don't do that. <laughs> you can be serious.
0: I think it is my profession that quite frankly is why I'm here today, okay, there was a time um right after well i would say college and grad school i was out of control like mm. legitimately certifiably out of control in what way uh i was drinking like nobody's business <laughs> i couldn't keep a relationship to save my life... Wait, I, I, I don't drink every day. so I don't, I don't drink nearly as much. But I was going to say, well, can I still keep a relationship? <laughs> I don't know. But like, <laughs> I couldn't keep a job longer than a year. Okay. I was in a deep and dark depression. I had to move into my parents' house multiple times because mm-hmm. I couldn't maintain my own well-being uh, post-grad school.
1: Okay.
0: And it was my profession. It was literally moving to St. Louis and working for a mental health crisis line that eventually gave me a purpose big enough to like actually get my shit together. And it's what's kept me. And I am in no way saying my shit is together, but it has (laughs) kept it together as much as it has been.
1: It's given you, it's given you a reason to, to keep moving forward.
0: Right. Because before, like growing up, that purpose was God. Right. And then after that, once I came out, once I realized I was gay and I went through all of this shit, that was not what was giving me purpose and calling anymore. Because how can I feel called from someone who wants to send me to hell? I don't really know how that works. So that confidence, that security that I had that God loved me, that God had me, that God had a purpose, a plan, and a future... It threw that like all of that kind of blew up and I had to find something else to compensate for it and I put all my eggs in one basket and it was social work and it's what's kept me going and it's provided me a sense of purpose because I feel like I'm helping people and if I'm helping people that's all I need but okay that's me what does it look like for you?
1: I'm not sure, honestly, because it, when you say it's your job that has made you feel purpose, I, I don't know that I can say that about mine. I mean, mine's very mundane. Making a living is obviously a necessity. And yeah, I've been able to do that pretty well. That's not to say it's always been that way, but sure. But I don't know that it brings me any kind of, you know, lasting satisfaction. It's I'm good at it. I find satisfaction in the certainty of it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean, numbers can be made to say anything, but at the end of the day, numbers, the way you use numbers, there's a, a finite way of using them. Right. And you can, you can interpret what the numbers say, but the numbers still say something. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate that, but that doesn't make me feel like any kind of purpose. There have been times in life when I have felt like, When I'm able to speak to others and connect with them on an intimate level, an emotional level, I feel some sense of purpose or satisfaction in that. But that ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. And, And as you said, you know, especially when you're mired deeply within Christianity, you're taught that there's a purpose for you. I mean, honestly... You're raised in that to believe that God has a specific purpose for you and that you have to figure out what that is.
0: Jeremiah 29 11, Michelle.
1: Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, and how many of us really feel very secure in the knowledge of that purpose? I mean, you hear of crises in people's lives all the time in Christianity as it pertains to ministry. I mean, how many ministers or pastors have you come across, you know, who suddenly are no longer pastors? A
0: but lot. that was their calling. At one so point. that's what I'm saying
1: well yeah but but if it's God's purpose is it supposed to be at one point or is it supposed to be your purpose period hmm. you know and and so I kind of I kind of evolved into the mindset as it pertains to God that I didn't know if I had a specific purpose but that I just believed God went along with me wherever I chose to go and that he celebrated what I celebrated you know and then I leaked into that whole avenue of not knowing if God's there or not so <laughs>
0: kind of threw it out of the water
1: (laughs) kind of threw it and that all went to shit so (laughs) part of the process
0: Um, part of the journey
1: you know but yeah i think i really struggle with this idea i i don't know what my purpose is i see i had to just but again i I think that i think that that's an offset of the self-image issues though again
0: it, it it is yeah um and again, I, I, on some level, I think my purpose might be kind of shallow because I'm relating it to work. But that's the thing. I that's been for me. I had to have something that I could hold on to right. that was giving me purpose, and that's where my career came in. That's not saying that's my whole purpose, but like that's the thing by which I've placed my it's my goalpost, right. so to speak. But as I was reading this chapter, really looking at the stage of purpose i was reading these like characteristics for the stage and i'm not right. gonna lie to you i got a little triggered and a little pissed <laughs> and a little bit like well isn't that just finding dandy, nice and lofty <laughs> did you have a similar reaction
1: i don't know i kind of I kind of read from an intellectual standpoint a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily get emotionally involved in what I'm reading. Okay. Um, and especially because I didn't understand these two stages all that great. I, I didn't really allow myself to be emotionally involved in it.
0: Okay, well, then let's be emotionally so involved now. So let's look at the first characteristic. <laughs>
1: okay, go First let's characteristic do it. <laughs> is called
0: self accepting. How does. That... <laughs> well, we already <laughs> know how I feel about how that. Do you, how do you work with that? <laughs> how, how does that shape up with you emotionally
1: so <laughs> pretty sure we've already covered this in ad nauseum like i don't have any self-acceptance no. correct okay
0: so okay so that's
1: i mean every now and then there's a there's a shadow of one every now and then i have a good day but i'm just saying part, let's no.
0: get off of our lofty academic towers and come down come to down from my
1: intellectualism
0: It's come down to like the emotional <laughs> and the real okay uh, okay, okay self-accepting right. is one okay Um, another one is being courageous now you strike me as someone with courage you strike me as someone who is courageous so how does that line up with you
1: how are we defining courageous i think that has to be my first question
0: well i think that isn't that in the eye of the beholder isn't that for you to decide
1: well but again this again and i know i bring this word up all the time and i apologize but the original definition of deconstruction is about unity of text. It's about identifying definitions and making sure the terms we're using are applicable to each and every person that we're all operating from the same place and understanding of the term. So, I mean, if we're going to talk about traditional courage, I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily consider myself a courageous person. In other words, I don't sit around and go, I would be courageous in this situation. I would do this in this situation. However, my reactions—I I would be honest and say yes. They tend to look courageous. I, I've stared down a gun before and not back down from somebody, which is not necessarily smart, by the way. No, <laughs> it's just I have a shitty temper. And no, in case there's any confusion there, it wasn't me holding the guns. <laughs> I just realized I said I had a shitty temper and I mentioned a gun, so I should probably—you
0: <laughs> were—we should note you are military. <laughs>
1: Former military, yeah, but this was when I was 17 years old, so yeah, so that's a different situation. Yeah, my reactions are often deemed after the fact, look courageous. I think more often than not, I just react and maybe not with a lot of forethought (laughs) and probably not in my own best interest, but I am typically very protective. It's funny, my daughter and I had had this conversation the other day. I am very much a defender of the underdog in every single situation. Yeah. If anybody is being picked on, castigated, oppressed, I'm going to be the first one to step in front of them. So I do know that about myself. So I guess we could call that courageous.
0: Well, Janet, the author,
1: mm-hmm.
0: defines courage as a conscious, reflective decision to act on life-giving principles despite the consequences.
1: See, I don't know if I fit that definition then, because I, like I said, I don't think about it beforehand. It's usually just a reaction.
0: She goes on to share that courageous people (laughs) face fears of loss, failure, death, abandonment, woundedness, and lack of love. Hmm. Um, They face them headlong in the wall. Now they continue to face them. They use the energy and wisdom gained from facing the pain of the wall to fuel their inner vision.
1: Hmm. I don't know. Well, she even says, though, that courage comes in a lot of forms. Yes, she
0: does. And therefore, we're just going to take what she says.
1: Okay. (laughs) Are you a courageous person?
0: Oh, Mm, I don't know. I've never thought. Uh,
1: See, it's a hard question to answer, isn't it? You're like, now you're like, oh shit, now the spotlight's on me. I don't know. I don't know. Um, See, now you want to ask what I mean by courageous, don't you? Yeah, I I'm see gonna, that look on your face.
0: I'm gonna move to the next one. The next yeah, one. Of is, course you are.
1: The next it's one not is not very courageous of you. you. I
0: know. <laughs> I'm aware. So okay. the next one I think is hilarious because it's not what I think about you.
1: <laughs> Again, I'm gonna call you a little shit.
0: <laughs> calm.
1: Yeah, I'm not calm.
0: Calm. Not often. A sense of peace inside that comes from knowing and accepting ourselves knowing that we are loved and accepted for who we are. Yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit.
1: <laughs> yeah, completely. I will say this, if we're going to talk about calm as in I'm, you know, sedate or quiet, I have those moments. Yes, because I'm introverted. I I have to have those moments. But yeah, often my my internal musings are chaotic. I don't know that they're ever calm.
0: Yeah, I, I really like how she refers to it as a, a sense of like internal peace. Yeah. And and when I think about my <laughs> internal experience, peace is not the word that I would use.
1: No, me either.
0: War zone, hell, <laughs> conflict, Turmoil.
1: <laughs> I got a whole plethora of, com- of adjectives we can use there. <laughs>
0: Those are all so more once accurate again, adjectives.
1: Exactly. So once again, we are proving we know nothing about this stage of power.
0: Correct. <laughs> we can talk about it.
1: Sure. Abstractly. Academically. Yes, yes, sure.
0: Another one's humility. Oh, I listen. I have that one down better than anybody you know.
1: Ah, Smartass. I'm like, <laughs> the definition? I don't know. I, I, I mean- Again, this is something that is a buzzword to me. Mm. And I was trying to explain this to somebody the other day as it pertains to my very bad problem with self-image. They said, I don't understand why you just can't think better about yourself. And I said, well, you have to remember that, first of all, I've got all these years of conditioning towards my self-image that come from a, a couple of different places. But certainly that was fed by the church in all reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, being humble is considered a very great trait in the church. Yeah. So anytime you feel good about yourself, about how something you've accomplished or done, immediately the question in my mind is, are you being humble? Immediately. And almost always my answer was, well, that doesn't sound humble. So it, again, it just feeds that desire to say, I haven't done something well enough because I can't say that I have or I'm not humble. So... I. You know, for the longest time, it was very difficult for me because I've been a vocalist for years and I would have people approach me and say, oh, my gosh, you sing so well. And it was so deeply uncomfortable for me. And I would always try to dismiss it as I do with most every other thing. But eventually I learned to just say thank you, Mm -hmm. even though I hated it.
0: Well, because the church has taught us that the more humble we are,
1: the closer we are to God,
0: the closer we are to God. Mm-hmm. The first shall be last, the last right. shall be that's first. Right. Yep. And it's the way of moving up in the empire. Ooh, that was mm-hmm. no not in the empire. That's what that's <laughs> where we live in. That's a telling statement I right there. I know it is. The way that we move up in the kingdom
1: mm-hmm. is
0: by moving down. Where it's This switched.
1: presupposes that the kingdom is hierarchical, by the way. And I don't know that I believe that
0: anymore. Is that something you deconstructed anymore?
1: Perhaps we yeah. should talk
0: about that in our next series,
1: we probably will, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, I don't know again, it's a buzzword to me it's it's a word that immediately triggers a reaction, an emotional reaction in me, um, because of what I've just explained,
0: yeah, no, it makes sense, yeah. I'm just telling now, you. Now, that- I
1: can look at it and say, if if I'm operating, if I'm finding my power from purpose, then I'm able to see the good and the bad about myself. That's a sense of humbleness, I think. Mm-hmm. Being able to say, yes, I'm good at something doesn't mean you're not humble. It just, it means that you recognize you have a talent. And there's nothing wrong with that. So, I I mean, I look at that and I say, okay, from that perspective, I can tentatively do that. Mm-hmm. But overall, the word, bo- the word bothers me.
0: I so. get it. <laughs> So other things, generous and empowering others. I think you've got that.
1: I th- I would have to say, yeah. I think I, I I tend to be a very generous person, even though it gives me the willies to say that. I am very generous. As as a matter of fact, I'm almost overly generous often when I shouldn't be. I think so, that
0: I also can be. Well, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm a little stringent, but I I do feel like I give quite a bit.
1: Yeah, and I do. And as far as empowering others, I do think that that's important. I do. I mean, horrible at powering myself, but I can certainly find the good in others and point it out. So, and I often—I mean—I spend my time looking for the good in others. In all honesty,
0: and that's so. good. Yeah. So, I often you, do you not, see not, the g- you know, do- <laughs> I
1: don't. Um Nope. I just call an asshole an asshole. I kind of it. do. Like, <laughs> late, specifically
0: <laughs> lately, like lately, my empathy, like right now, not yeah. at work. I'm talking like in my personal life. I'm talking like yeah. Marco Polo with people like yeah okay. it's it's been decreased significantly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, my husband often gets angry with me because I've, I've done this in our entire marriage. If he, if he's angry with somebody about somebody, about something, I have a tendency to try to argue from their perspective to understand them. Mm -hmm. And he gets deeply frustrated with me over that, especially when it was the kids, when they were younger, you know, they would do something, he would get angry. And I see like, well, I think what they meant was, and he was like, just knock it off. (laughs) They messed up. And I'm like, yes, but I'm trying to understand why. (laughs) And so I have that in me. I have that, give that benefit of the doubt thing in there so i i feel like that that's generous and looking for the best in people i don't i, know. I do too
0: <laughs> i do too
1: but yeah i feel very foreign to this whole concept <laughs> for the most part i
0: mean it it just seems like honestly the way i view these net this stage and even the next one i mm-hmm. view it like maslow's hierarchy of needs when okay. he talks about self-actualization Yes, where he talks about you reach this point, you know that's like above everything else. You've you've accomplished all of this stuff, and no one will ever actually get there. No one is self-actualized. It's not a real thing. It's it's a it's an idea. It's uh it's a theory, and I think that right. that's what this is. I don't think that anyone fully feels and re- is in the stage of purpose. I think that right there are parts of the stage of purpose that you can experience it multiple times along the journey that's my perspective but i i don't know maybe maybe people do i (laughs) please show me one i know she gave us stories but like that's not good
1: enough. yeah i know i just kind of read those with a grain of salt anyways (laughs) i don't know these people
0: (laughs) yeah correct
1: (laughs) that's not my experience
0: exactly (laughs)
1: but but let's do talk about the shadow side of this because i think you know as we mentioned there's a shadow side to each one of these yes Um, there is and i gotta go back to it because i honestly don't remember what the shadow sides oh pseudo innocence pseudo
0: innocence perceived as being impractical and perceived as being undeveloped
1: undeveloped yeah
0: so let's talk about
1: pseudo innocence yeah i i kind of get that the idea that this stage comes across as you being very innocent about everything and, I mean, honestly, nobody believes that. <laughs> nobody believes you've got your this little innocent experience and nothing bad has ever happened. That's bullcrap. So. <laughs> well,
0: can you – okay, so oh, I have a question. Can you even reach the stage of purpose without having gone through some bullshit?
1: I don't think so. That's what I mean. I just don't think that you're at this point without having experienced so really, a, a lot of junk.
0: Right. So – when we talk about pseudo innocence, well, I mean, I think it's, it's illustrated with the word pseudo, but it's pretending like right. you're innocent, devoid of what's actually occurred.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, no, I get that. But she does make a point here, I think is really very uh, apropos, and and I totally have experienced this. She talks about that people at this stage fail to protect themselves often. Mm-hmm. And and so again, I mentioned that a minute ago with generosity, that I have a tendency to be over generous, which makes me very easy to be taken advantage of sometimes, especially because I'm deeply empathetic and I read people's emotions. So if they are in deep trouble in any way, shape or form, I want to help. I have a tendency to then become somebody that they can actually come to time and time and time again. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've had that experience where I've had to say, I can't, I'm literally at my, I'm at the end. Like mm-hmm. I don't have the capacity anymore, which always makes me feel horrible. So there's, we have to protect ourselves at this stage is my understanding. And as I said, because I've experienced that, I 100% say, oh yeah, I get that one. <laughs> I was waiting. That was a dramatic pause.
0: Yeah, it was. You just mentioned the pseudo innocence and people coming to you for help. And right. then you eventually telling them, hey, I've reached my limit.
1: Right. Right which is very difficult to do for me anyway.
0: Have you ever been that person though?
1: That's needed the help over and over.
0: That's reached out to someone and those, those, uh, those relationships have been ended.
1: Honestly, I got bit very badly one time by that. And I have not since I, I did open up to somebody one time and I was told I was too needy and they didn't know how to help me and it destroyed me. Because first of all, I wasn't looking for their help. I was just looking for somebody to talk to, and that's what they had presented. And then, then I got that response, and so i i i back I backed up. I, d- I didn't make that mistake again. It which felt like a mistake to me anyway. I, I didn't experience that again because I didn't allow myself to. Mm-hmm. But I can see by your face that you feel like you've been that person multiple times. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yes, there is. There's
1: nothing wrong with needing help.
0: It's not help. It's I mean, I'm not even talking about reaching out for help. I guess I'm maybe I'm applying applying something that doesn't apply here. But I think when Are I Are you
1: talking about like codependence?
0: Kind of. I like oh I'm okay. talking about like being too dramatic and as a result losing friendships um, okay. and being cut off and excommunicated and people won't talk to you and you're ignored and you're treated like shit and you're talked bad about like this has happened to me multiple times and it's always been shared okay. that they've reached a level. So when you said that, it just triggered that. And okay. then I was like, oh, what okay, if, what I if say, I'm the lower guy? What if I'm no, wh- the when, pain in the ass?
1: When I said that, what I meant was, okay. yeah, let me reiterate. So I make myself very clear. Mm-hmm. I reached a point where I was at a physical incapacity to be able to help anymore so Mm. say it was financial because i've helped numerous people out financially Mm -hmm. and then i've reached a point where i was unable to do so right and i've said i am unable to do this anymore but i love you and i i'm still deeply concerned for you I, i just don't have the capacity to do this anymore i will tell you that just reminded me that i have i did that within the last few years and for all the time And quite honestly, money that I helped with, I was cut off after I stopped giving money. Oh, of course you were. It broke my heart Mm -hmm. because I thought there was really a relationship there. It hurt me deeply. Yeah, that's and so I'm not talking about somebody going, No, because what I'm gonna say about your situation is this: you being dramatic, if that's a part of your personality. And somebody else is incapable of having a capacity to deal with that, that does not mean there's something wrong with you. It means that they are not capable. No, fucking no way. I'm sorry. I'm going to call bullshit on that. I am going to call bullshit because what you're saying is that a part of your personality is unacceptable. That's not true. It's part of your personality. It's a part of you. If somebody else is incapable of handling that, that's their shit. Not yours.
0: Well, it's theirs. Okay, I. It just
1: means they don't have the capacity to deal with it. I derailed. this does make it any,
0: I derailed this conversation. To something no, that didn't apply. you did not. I just, yeah. I. No,
1: you you shared something that is obviously deep deeply personal for you, and I'm telling you how I see it. I you are giving yourself all the blame, and that is it's wrong in my opinion. Well, it's absolutely wrong.
0: I hear you. I want to fight it. But we're going to go back to what you <laughs> he's mentioned gonna, earlier. You're
1: just going to brush me off.
0: <laughs> because it doesn't have to deal with this conversation. Because it, it doesn't apply. So well, I, it
1: does. Because you brought it up. Well, so, it but does. It, but
0: it doesn't. So, okay. we're coming back to what's interesting, though, is when you cut off the money.
1: Oh, we're going to bring it back to mine.
0: Uh-huh, yeah, 100%. Uh,
1: okay. Yeah. Where you're comfortable. Uh-huh. Gotcha.
0: It's right in my comfort zone. So... <laughs> But when that, when you cut off the money and then they cut off the relationship, what did that communicate to you?
1: Oh, I know exactly what it communicates, but it still hurt my feelings.
0: Mm-hmm. What does it communicate?
1: It communicates that our relationship was never really about actual friendship Correct. or relationship. It was about what I could do for them. And what hurt me so deeply was at the time when I said, I have a lot of financial challenges in my life right now. I don't have the capacity to do this anymore, but I still love you. I'm very much invested in you. I care about you. All I got was, thank you for all your help. It's been great. That's that. No, like, well, what's going on with you? Are you okay? Can I help you in any, nothing, no care or concern given back. And and I never said anything about it. You know, in on all honesty, this is the first time I've ever mentioned it, and I would never give specifics. I'm not interested in shaming any specific individual. Thank I God. but I am interested in sharing that because it was it was painful
0: uh, yeah. to me. I'm sure it was.
1: And it goes back to that needing to protect ourselves. You know, when if I don't have the capacity for something, even at an emotional level, it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the other person. It just means that I personally don't have that capacity. It's a, it's about me. And that's what I want to speak back to your situation. Them not being able to handle you if you're dramatic is about their inability to have a capacity for that. Not about you.
0: Well, but... I, and you're
1: internalizing it.
0: But... You're owning it. But but drama, drama can be... Not drama. Drama can be tamed drama can be worked around so why
1: should it be if it's a part of your personality why why should it be
0: well because it causes why can't you why can't
1: you expect friends that just uh, accept you the way you are they do i don't think it sounds like that
0: no no they do okay we're moving on so okay they do uh i fully believe that the people we are talking about would die for me and i would die for them mm. so it's not about that I'm
1: not sure i agree but that's well, okay because it's your experience though. it is
0: my experience so
1: there you are
0: <laughs> so we talked about pseudo innocence during in talking about the shadow within purpose you can also feel perceived by others to being impractical and then perceived by others to being undeveloped
1: right so what does undeveloped mean to you
0: oh. undeveloped not taking the opportunities to work on personal development.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to read you something she says here. Okay. People in stage five, we're talking about you spent a lot of time at the wall already.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe you've, obviously, if you're into this stage, you feel like you've accomplished that. They spend a lot of time there meeting and embracing their own personal shadows. They're not very interested in trying to develop their strengths and weaknesses. They would rather be accepting of their faults and learn what these faults have to teach them. So in other words, they're not putting a judgment on their strengths or weaknesses. They are simply looking at what they can learn from each of them. Mm. So... She says that's undeveloped to me, that feels developed. all yeah, honesty it
0: does. but again, I think the key word here is perceived by others,
1: okay, sure, to be
0: undeveloped. So it's yeah. not saying that the person is not developed. It's saying that others view them as not being okay. developed. Okay, because, that makes better sense because
1: they're at peace with themselves right.
0: and so and, and because they're at peace with themselves, because they are at peace with themselves, they're not going to like personal development webinars. they're not. Really work <laughs> right because they're a piece, and so therefore other people will view them as being undeveloped. I think is what right. she's after.
1: But I think at this stage they're no longer concerned, or maybe that's wisdom. I think maybe it's wisdom where you're not concerned what other people think anymore.
0: Well, let's look. Let's let's go there.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I'll say this: there there are flashes of these things along the way. By the way, <laughs> mm-hmm. you'll have those flashes where you feel this stage even if you haven't managed to climb that wall yet because I can tell you that I've reached a place where I don't really give two shits what other people think I'm too busy worrying about my own thoughts because I'm I'm difficult enough to deal with so I don't have time to worry about what anybody else thinks you know now I say that but obviously we still care about I mean there are people in our lives that we care about their opinion we care about what they want to see in us I get the point yeah so
0: See, and I'm not there.
1: That's okay. You don't have to be. Yeah.
0: No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, no. So no
1: flashes of that for you ever?
0: Not not really. Of not caring what other people think.
1: Yeah. I mean, any of this stuff. I mean, recognizing that your strengths and your weaknesses are something to be learned from rather than a judgment.
0: Yeah. No, I can see that.
1: Okay. So you've had a flash.
0: I've had flashes. (laughs) Not a hot flash, thankfully. Not a hot flash. Um, I was going to say that I've had flashes. <laughs> I've gotten sick in the morning and thought that I was pregnant, but I've never had. Oh,
1: for God's sake! <laughs> I never had that experience, and I've had four kids. So.
0: There you are. I'm really happy yeah. for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can we talk about the power by wisdom?
1: We should. Yeah, we should get to that.
0: So again, we're experts at this. <laughs> Uh, wisdom? <laughs> we, I don't know if you've Gonna listened. disagree there. <laughs> you've listened to our show full of wisdom. It's all it is.
1: It's a wisdom yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. That's what's happening. Well, I want to go back because I want to read this section. Um
0: oh Okay. All right.
1: Back when we were in the section about the wall, uh, she wrote this. And again, I just kind of referenced it. Uh, she said, as you proceed deeply into the wall and begin to experience the journey that takes you to your core, you will start to recognize sparks of wisdom they are many faceted. You may get insights you've never had before, experience a piece you've never dreamed was possible, and discover that while hating the pain, you also have a deep sense that this work is absolutely the right thing to be doing. So again, that goes back as a kind of a add a, add a girl or add a boy for the wall, you can do this, There, mm-hmm. there's positives to it. But it pertains to that wisdom, that flash or those sparks of wisdom that come, which I think is what I'll be honest. I think these last two stages, it's those little sparks that are probably helping you get over that wall. That's what's drawing you
0: mm-hmm.
1: on mm-hmm. is the hope of those things. Right. Because otherwise, what would be the point? I mean.
0: But do does anyone ever reach these two stages? Like, do they Oh, really? I think so. Sure. Really?
1: I do. Yeah, I do. I just. And again, I think these stages happen at different times for different people. I mean, there again, no, there's no task list here. There's no There's no timeline. This is all. Subjective. I
0: just really wish there was a pill. Like I don't.
1: God, me too.
0: Like <laughs> hell, it doesn't even have to be a pill. Electroshock therapy. Like, is there a shot? <laughs> is there?
1: I told you, I want I, electric shocks. Can I,
0: like, just lock me in a room, <laughs> throw away the key, and let me come out fixed? Like I don't. Oh, I used the word fix. I shouldn't have said that. But come, come, <laughs> Don't say fixed. I know. And I hate it, triggers me. But because I'm triggered, that's why I use it because <laughs> it's, <teasing> <laughs> it's, it's fun. It's fun because I know it's bad. But, you know, I just wish that there was an easy way to get here. And I really like how you yeah. mentioned that it's glimpses that kind of get you through the wall. And I, yeah. I, that for me personally, especially where I'm at with the wall, I'm not concerned about reaching either of these two stages. I'm not. What I'm worried about is taking things from these stages that are valuable that are going to get me to maybe eventually I'll get here. But I'm not.
1: Honestly, I think that's a glimpse of wisdom right there. Okay. Because I don't think we're supposed to be, again, I think that if you're worrying about moving from stage to stage, you have it set up in your mind somehow on a timeline with a task list. And I, again, that's just not this. Right. So I think understanding that, like, I don't care about the stages. I'm just hoping to find the positives along the way. I think that is wisdom.
0: Mm hmm. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. I think that that is something we actually should be doing.
0: So as we've talked about these two stages and kind of looking at the different characteristics now, we didn't really break wisdom down that much, but when we're talking about characteristics, you know, it's like, unafraid of death, right. quiet and silence, integrating your <laughs> shadow, compassion for the world, you know? But just to start thinking about what are some of these different concepts and how can I apply these to where I'm at currently? And I right. think that if you do that, it's going to help you start taking steps forward. The sure. idea here is, Michelle, and I really like how you mentioned this, it's not about a checklist. We're right. talking about personal self-development. Exactly. And in personal self-development, there is no roadmap. There is no A, B, C, D, E, F, G. This is about your own internal thoughts, feelings, emotions tied to your experiences and helping you feel whole as a person. That's what right. this is about.
1: Yeah. 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 yeah, it is, and again, uh, it. We say this over and over, and I just don't know that we can say it enough times, to sh- to share its importance. My experience is not yours. Your experience is not mine. It doesn't invalidate either of them, mm-hmm. but they're different. They're they're going to look different. They're going to sound different. We're going to experience them differently. We're going to do them on a different time frame than other people. You know, uh, I mean, maybe we'll find similarities along the way. I mean, I hope we do, but, <laughs> but at the end of I the day, this will. is your journey. Mm-hmm. This is my journey and we can support one another through it, but we can't define it for one another, which is weird because we're sitting here trying to define it. But the point being that with specific, with specificity, we can't, we can't do that. Right because up until now and at least for me anyway the shadow has been kind of presented as almost the negatives to each stage it has
0: been the negative to each yeah, stage yeah that's it feels literally that way, the premise it? of the book that's what they're called shadows because they're the dark behavior it's when you but don't then, treat things right and it turns on you that's yes, the negative shit but then
1: she also makes the point that your shadows have to be embraced
0: oh yeah that was her whole thing with reflection <laughs> and the wall
1: so i mean You know, how do we integrate these shadows and make them work for us, basically? You know, I think that's part of wisdom is learning how to do that. How do I take my ego and me control it instead of the other way around?
0: Right. How can I take (laughs) these things that are when out of control can lead to really bad things? Right. Right how can we take that and then actually understand the good that was it, that is within them and then apply that when needed and when necessary yeah it's not yeah, it's I, not easy
1: it's not it's kind of daunting actually <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: we've used that word a lot in the last
1: a lot this. i know i feel very yeah. repetitive but i mean i that's the word that comes to mind you know i mean this this whole process is a little bit much sometimes Again, leading back to the idea of needing to take a break every now and then. I yeah. don't think that's negative. I think that's a good thing. I
0: think the breaks are are necessary and, and needed. For sure. See,
1: having a mental minute. <laughs> it's
0: necessary. <laughs> I nice. encourage you to have one
1: too. Absolutely. With a good friend. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I always laugh when I think about mental minute when my kids were young and I would they would want to do something and I would say just a minute. They would say, "Well, like a real minute or a mommy's minute?" Because my minutes could be as long as I needed them to be. So when I think of mental minute, I think kind of that that elongated. <laughs> it's not a real minute. It's an elongated form of a minute. <laughs> Basically, it's me saying I'll get there when I get there. There
0: you
1: go. <laughs> Which actually could be the theme of this whole thing. I'll get there when I get there. Yeah.
0: That also could be the theme of the next series
1: it absolutely could be. We should keep that in mind yeah, for perhaps good thing <laughs> <Marketing. editing. laughs> on no, that. I don't care if you leave that
0: in. <laughs> I don't know, I'm, I'm going to probably.
1: Oh, <laughs> I- uh, But uh, again, you know, the more we know ourselves, the better that we are with how we handle life. So, you know, understanding all those shadows, understanding that, things that could be a negative in our lives, figuring out how we control those or use them to the to our to our benefit. You know, to our benefit is is actually, I think, really good. Mm -hmm. So
0: (laughs) the next one. I I have to tell you.
1: Uh Yeah, the next one. (laughs) Go
0: ahead. You were I you were leading into it. So roll it on out.
1: Well I'm gonna say the next one I have I have no experience with. I really very, very much struggle with this. Death, yes, yes. And again, alluding to our next series, I think that's why. Because I am still very unsure of God and my place in the universe. So the idea of death to me is terribly frightening. And it has been for a long time now. As soon as I started questioning hell and the idea of heaven went along with that, that fear materialized.
0: I just don't think about it.
1: Well, I can't allow myself to a lot of the times, but when I do think about it, it is still very frightening to me. And I know there's a book called – I'm actually supposed to be doing it for my other podcast, Bookish. I'm trying to remember now who I'm doing it with, but uh, it's called Denial of Death. Mm. And uh, I need – I think that's Ernest Becker, but I'm not positive at the moment but I have not allowed myself to read that book yet. Honestly, somebody suggested it and we we're going to set a podcast to do it. And I've not been able to read the book yet because I, I, kind of really have a mental block on this subject. I get that. I don't know how to find peace here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I have no wisdom here whatsoever.
0: <laughs> so, but essentially once once you reach the stage of wisdom, you're not afraid of death. That's, right. the, that's essentially. the key here.
1: Yeah. Essentially. But
0: you're going to be not <laughs> afraid of death. But you're going to go all the way back to stage one and feel powerless again. It's kind of cool how that
1: works. Well, yeah, it kind of, it's secular. It's, yeah, all Mm -hmm. of this is. Mm -hmm. Well, again, like we said, we go back through these stages, but you go back, each time you go back to one of the earlier stages, you go back with some knowledge that you didn't have previously.
0: So it's like reincarnation. You just keep... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> if only you keep going <laughs> I, through the see I have friends that wisdom. believe in that I, I just can't make that make sense in my head so I, I don't believe in that but I have a lot of friends that do believe in that and that is one of the positives that's always discussed so.
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I'm like but what if I come back as a goat <laughs> Let's hope not. yeah I hope not yeah Let's that would man. be bad <laughs> however
0: if you came back as you could become back as a donkey and you could have you know
1: still seems like a bad thing I don't Jesus <laughs>
0: To the cross. I mean, you know,
1: <laughs> it wasn't the
0: cross. It was... Uh, what, I don't know. He, but he rode a donkey.
1: On Palm Sunday. hmm Triumphal entry. Yes, he did. All that fun stuff. <laughs>
0: okay. Now, quiet in silence.
1: Quiet in service.
0: Okay. Well, I mis- talked.
1: So... <laughs> if you want it in silence, that's cool.
0: Quiet in service. So, I'm assuming, is that meaning that you're serving without asking for attention, kind of Jesus's call to, you know, when you, yeah, when you give, when you do something good, do it in secret. We don't do things to be recognized.
1: Well, okay. I think this goes back to something that you said earlier when we were talking about purpose and you mentioned your job, like you find purpose in that. Yeah. I think that's what she's pertaining to here. The idea that the things that you do are not necessarily for remuneration, but are more so just because it's, it's a part of you. So I kind of feel like that, you know, it's not about being, it's not so much about the pay. Obviously you get paid to do a job, but it's more about the service to others. That's important. Mm -hmm. So that, I think that's what she means by quiet in your service. But yeah, I think it could be without fanfare, without bringing attention to what you do. Of course. Yeah. Like praying in a closet instead of on the street corners.
0: (laughs) I love those people (laughs) that pray on the street corners. They are always so much fun to listen to and talk to.
1: They, always have they do lives. a lot of God just, God just, God just. Yeah. I- <laughs> he really hates those homosexuals. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> it always comes back to them. Uh, it's every, it, you guys are at fault for everything. What I just do? want you to know well, that. Well, I
0: mean, we caused COVID. We also caused 9-11. Fires, we also caused, yeah. We're,
1: hurricanes. We're, it's all on you. Yeah,
0: we, we're bad. The whole country going to hell we're because bad. of you.
1: We're bad people. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> No, that's absolutely ridiculous.
0: So I don't want
1: anybody to be confused by that. That's absolutely ridiculous. Sarcasm.
0: Okay, I
1: know. Conscious
0: of the community and of the world. I'm See, thinking I, awareness. I like that one. I do too. Yes, I think that's a sense of awareness.
1: Well, you mentioned it earlier. Finding that empathy for
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know everyone around you. I I actually have flashes of that. Again, I'm a very empathetic person, so I typically find myself feeling very you know, in tune with most people and feeling their hurts. So I, that I actually have a flash of every now and then actually quite often, it's but good. I just always assumed that was, that pertained to my personality, not necessarily the stage, uh-huh. but I don't know, maybe it does. Who knows?
0: Now what's the last one?
1: What is the last one? Well, were were you just mentioning conscience you said conscience of the community and the world, right? Is that mm-hmm. the one we were just saying? Because there's also compassion for the world, and I think that's what I was referencing.
0: And that's what I was referencing. That's the last one.
1: Compassion for the world. So, see, yeah. I, to me, they're kind of the same thing. I don't know. I think
0: they're similar. One, you- well, but one's awareness. Yeah. And one is actual compassion. Because awareness doesn't sure. mean compassion.
1: Right. But no, you're order, right. It doesn't.
0: In order to really be compassionate, we have to understand so sure. we have to be conscious of what's going on,
1: right? I to think really to me,
0: put out that it, compassion.
1: It comes back down to uh, this: is what comes to mind immediately is the, dif- the difference between sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. Is kind of sympathy is having an awareness of somebody's issue, and right. feeling badly about it. Empathy is actually finding yourself identifying with them and sitting putting, in sitting in the muck with them, basically
0: putting on their sitting in their shoes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Again, I don't know how much we can say about this stage. Honestly, I, so much of it feels very foreign. Yeah. I mean, like I, I think, said, I get little flashes, but
0: I think we did all we can. I mean, I don't. I'm, I I'm not sure say, that's how we
1: want to end this whole thing.
0: Well, let's let not end it here. There's somewhere else I want to go. Okay, but then let's I, do that. But I don't think that I don't think that there's much more I have.
1: No, I don't either. Yeah, me either. To so talk I, about so. Yeah.
0: You know, we in this in this series, we have gone through each of these stages, and I think it's pretty fair that there have been periods or portions of each stage that both of us can identify with. Sure. Most specifically for me, the wall.
1: Oh, for me as well. Yes. Uh,
0: Because it's it's bringing up stuff I'm not really happy about.
1: Well, it's because that's probably where we both are at the moment. So that's probably why it seems most pertinent
0: but having gone through and and looked at these stages in conversations you know and looking at it from a psychological perspective what's been the biggest takeaway Gosh, i don't know cuz there's for so and so I'll, i'm going to go because okay, this is do that. this is on my mind okay and i actually talked about this last week and it's the same thing i want to mention i wanted to mention earlier
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i think What this series has really brought out for me and really helped me recognize and realize is that I have spent so many years trusting and and really trying to form my opinions, my relationships, and even the direction of my life based upon the wisdom of other people. It's right. always been on the idea of I was going off of what I thought other people would like or what I thought certain people would value or you know that what what they thought would be honorable. I've right. never really taken the time to think about what I really feel. Because yeah, I, I think don't that's vitally important. Uh, I don't because I don't trust it. Because I have never been taught to trust myself. I have only been taught to trust God and trust others. And I'm a mental health professional and I preach self-care all the frickin' time, but I struggle with it just as much as the next guy. And I think that for me really to move forward, that is one of the critical things that I have got to address. Because I think until that is addressed, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to tackle internalized homophobia. Because in order to really, sense. in order to feel really okay within my own skin, I have to be comfortable with what I think about myself and I'm not there. So I get that. Yeah. That's my takeaway.
1: Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. My takeaway is that I'm still in a a really difficult place, mm-hmm. you know, and I had Preach. quit thinking about it for a while. Um, and have just kind of been going along and allowing myself to be distracted by other things in life because mm-hmm. they were easier to deal with. But at the end of the day, there, this is still looming. Uh, it hasn't gone anywhere, you know? And again, I don't have another word. It, it still feels very daunting and difficult. And it makes me feel emotional, which a lot of times I don't really care to feel. So I tend to push all of this away. But until I deal with it, it's not going to go away. I just wish I knew how to deal with it.
0: Well, I do too. And now I feel emotional again. So, well, Welcome to the club. <laughs> I'm wondering. Well, okay. Our next series is on deconstruction, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that going over imposter syndrome really kind of opened the door to our emotional shit. And then
1: for for real, it did.
0: (laughs) And then now going through these stages, I think for me, it's kind of shown my own progression with my own self acceptance. And it's also kind of pointed out my own journey with God, which I think is going to provide a lot of maybe psychological insights. (laughs) as we start to look at the deconstruction process, because I think the two are very much tied. At oh, least for sure. They, like, 100% they are. It's yes. not. Yeah. So like, even as you, we, you were talking like for so long, you thought that it was, your wall was God, but really it's self-acceptance, but your self-acceptance is dependent upon your opinion of what you think of God. So like it's you can't, tied up with God. Yeah. Right. So you can't really divide the two. And so, I really like that we were able to kind of paint this side of the picture first. Yeah. So that now in this next series for the month of September, we're going to start looking at how all of this applies to questioning God.
1: Yeah. And honestly, I mean, there's a part of me that it feels well-versed in this next series. There's also a part of me that feels very apprehensive because this has been a very emotionally challenging Mm -hmm. journey for the last seven years for me. Mm -hmm. And because I know I'm not, if I'm going to use air quotes, I'm not done. I don't know that we can be done. I don't think we're ever done, but I, I still feel very much in the middle of that process. And so again, I feel a little apprehensive about those conversations. I already feel a little bit emotional about them. Could just be the day. Could just be that I felt emotional for these conversations. So I'm projecting that onto the next conversation. But I do think that as we unpack that, it, people are going to see if they haven't experienced it, hopefully it'll give them a better understanding of the emotion that's involved. And if they are experiencing it, hopefully it gives them the knowledge that they're not by themselves in that process. Because it is deeply emotional. It is. It can be deeply painful especially as it pertains to your ideas about God and certainly your relationships with other people, mm-hmm. which are very much tied up in that conversation. Yes. So, so on one hand, I'm looking forward to it and on another, I'm really not. <laughs> Is that bad to say?
0: <laughs> no, I don't think it's bad to say. I just know that having this conversation in our next series, you, I'm probably going to get a little angry
1: Oh, I will for sure because yeah. I spent most of my time in that process in anger. Yeah, so, like yes. I
0: can't, I can't talk about God without getting angry.
1: So, yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, so um, we're gonna have to have find have people forgive us for that. Yeah. I mean that's and gonna be, be very just, much a part of the process. I want
0: to throw that out there now. You know, yeah. I'm very thankful that uh, that you've listened to the series, and, and I really hope that you check out the next. But uh, yeah. a little bit of a warning: uh, it's <laughs> it's it's two people who uh, have been hurt. And, yeah. and we're going to talk about it from our perspective. So I'm excited <laughs> about it, but... I
1: feel like I need a deep breath. <laughs> yeah.
0: I don't oh. want to record that tonight, I can tell you that.
1: No, 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 not even close. <laughs> not even... No, I got to mentally build up for yeah, that one. Yeah, that
0: so. one's going to take some, <laughs> some prep. But yeah. uh,
1: but that is going to be the series for... That's going to be September series. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have a catchy title for it yet or not, do we?
0: No, but I have a really cool uh, logo, an ad for it I've made. I'm awesome. really excited about, but I don't have. Okay, I, don't, I don't have the title yet. Or wait, all right,
1: maybe. Did we? I thought we did. I don't remember. Deconstruction.
0: Now, no, that no. Yeah,
1: but I thought we had. Uh, oh, is it under construction? Under was construction. it under construction? Yes, it's under, under construction. construction. I always said deconstruction as <laughs> if
0: that was like the title. That's the topic. Under construction. That's the topic. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the shows but we you know that could change but i think it's going to be it
1: could change i do like that though i I think that'll be okay but Uh, but that'll be Uh, next time
0: so check us out and uh you can find us out on facebook and we have a patron and you can buy merch on store frontier ftg network until next time
1: until next time